Black Sabbath. Really? Yeah. They're into some Henry like... Henry Rollins? They like that? I haven't gotten them into Henry Rollins yet. He's, I should. He's in good, LA, right? I, I think he's LA, great. Yeah. Very smart. Black flag. Little, yeah. little black flag. I haven't done that yet. Tool? Um, they like Tool? I haven't gotten them into Tool yet. Start talking about but, fucking, like, coming on faces and shit? Like, that's, okay, that's going cool. live in three, <laughs> two... Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's we, were just, we were just dirty. I won't get dirty now that we're on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, my son, he's five, he performed at the Jalopy Theater yeah. in Red Hook, Brooklyn, yeah. a few weeks ago. He has a, his, own, uh, his own work, his own song. It's called Blood and Rain. Yeah. And that was, it was pretty dark. It was pretty dark. I can show you I got it on Instagram, but I'll show you after the interview. You can play it once. You. you want me to throw this over here? Oh no, because I don't want it on camera. Too much? Okay. Okay, you good? Yeah, we're good. So let's look, we're on Facebook Live, but let's now we're gonna start over here, all right? All right. So let's get official. Alright. Welcome everybody, welcome to the Brooklyn show. Today we are live on location. That's right. We go around Brooklyn, we find the dopest spots in Brooklyn. We are at 300 Ashland, which is a two trees building. Uh, located in, it's technically Fort Greene, Brooklyn, but uh, I don't know, this is really downtown, wouldn't you say? I mean, I'd say we're it's downtown. It's on the border of downtown and Fort Greene, yeah. It's, 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 it's on the border, but let's call it Fort Greene because I live in Clinton Hill, which is a sister neighborhood of Fort Greene, and I think it's the best neighborhood in Brooklyn. But, but look, we don't need to talk about that on camera. Um, let me introduce my guest here, a special... Brooklyn show, welcome to Mr. Zachary Aarons. Do you go by Zach or Zachary? Zach, typically. Zach, right? Yeah, my Zachary, grandfather yeah. called me Zachary, but you can call me whatever you want. Yeah. Just as, you just gotta be nice to me. I wouldn't call you Zachary. Okay. Like, I think that's your mom or your grandfather should call you yeah. Zachary. Yeah. Zachary wife, was my father. You... you can call me Sir. Sir. <laughs> Mr. I'll call you Mr. <laughs> the, uh, so we're here, and now, I, before we even get started, Let's just talk, because, you know, I know you have two job titles. If, if I look you up on LinkedIn, right, first of all, you make me feel really bad about myself, because I, I don't feel I've accomplished as much as you have. Um, but in all seriousness, you, you, uh, you're, I guess you're a partner, or, or a founder, a co-founder of Metaprop, so let's, let's discuss that in a minute. And then you also work at a company uh, called uh, Millennium Partners, uh, which they're huge. They're big time. Just, just to, just for because we have we have a lot of we have a lot of viewers in like Tennessee. We don't know okay. anything about anything. Love to love to get um, down there. And yeah, oh, it's fantastic, right? And uh, uh, just to Millennium Partners, they own the Capitol Records building in Los Angeles. You know that famed. I guess it's a circular building. Is that is that yeah, right? Yeah, well, it's famously designed. It looks like it's a stack of records. But yeah. one of the great ironies about the building was the architect, Lou Nadorf, when he was working at Welton Beckett in the 1950s, actually was not even told who the client was and designed that stack of records designed completely by coincidence. That's actually... I'm an idiot. I never knew that was supposed to be a stack of records. It, so that was supposed that, to be well, a stack of records? No, it's not supposed to be a stack of records. Okay. It looks like a stack of records. Yeah. It coincidentally looks like a stack of records, but he designed the stack of records not even knowing that the ultimate tenant would be a record. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so it was all by accident. It was all by accident. The cool yeah. thing, though, about that building is the, uh, the spire on top of it blinks... 
the word Hollywood in Morse code every single night. Now that's obviously... Well, that's on purpose. That's on purpose. That's on, let's assume that's that on was purpose. not an accident. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, is that computerized? Is I there believe, a computer that just I believe does that? I don't I, I I don't know exactly how it works, but I believe it's automatic and computerized. I don't think there's someone pushing the the button every night to get it to blink yeah, the Morse code. Well, fantastic. I mean, obviously, look, we're we're starting the LA show next week and we'll have you on again great I love LA like Randy Newman I mean I love LA LA. that was when the LA Kings got rid of that song when there was a goal scored I was like I'm out I'm out I'm a Rangers (laughs) fan officially now because that was the best when they scored we love LA anyway so let's let's start with Metaprop. Okay. Can we? What is Metaprop? So Metaprop, we call ourselves the real estate technology nexus. Uh, we have yeah. three business verticals. We run a venture capital fund that invests in the best and brightest uh, entrepreneurs who are building businesses in real estate technology, architecture, engineering, construction technology. We have an accelerator program that uh, works with about six or so companies per year to accelerate the growth of uh, some of these real estate technology companies. Then we also have an advisory business which works with large real estate technology, real estate firms, large REITs, large real estate corporates, to try and get a handle on this tsunami of technology that is just impacting every facet of the real estate industry. Now when you talk about technology and technology that impacts real estate, let's discuss some examples because a lot of people aren't going to sure of course but what would you say are the top three most crucial technologies impacting real estate New York City yeah I'll I'll go by category so a category of real estate tech that that most people will be familiar with is the consumer residential category companies like Zillow Trulia which are the same company now Street Easy which is part of Zillow Network which is very popular here in Brooklyn um, also on the consumer side, a company like Airbnb uh, would be, in my opinion, considered a real estate technology company. So these are all websites that we're using on a daily basis. Yeah, anything that, that allows a consumer of real estate, so someone who's looking for space, and that can be space, that can be a hotel room, that can be a place to live for a year, that can be a place to work, that can be a place to start up a retail store. Anything that helps a consumer connect with physical space, I would view as real estate technology. There's also a lot of technological solutions uh, that are installed physically into buildings. So sensors that help uh, building owners and managers deal with uh, electricity uses in buildings or water consumption in buildings, things like that. That's like smart homes. Bingo. Smart homes. Smart homes, but also smart buildings on on a commercial larger scale. So that's a huge category. Then there's technology influencing um, other aspects of real estate, everywhere from mortgage lending to title insurance to appraisal. Um, you can see technology disrupting pretty much every single part of the real estate value every chain sector. right now. Yeah. And what we're looking to do is diversify across asset types. So we like to back technology that helps people working in residential real estate, people working in commercial, hospitality, industrial, retail, parking. And then we also like to diversify by professional types. So we have we support entrepreneurs who are trying to help uh, real estate brokers, real estate agents, 
title insurance people, landlords, facilities managers, whatever it is. So you you invest in these companies? Yeah, we invest in these companies. So we're a venture capital fund. We raise money from institutions who are called our limited partners. And we operate as the general partner of the fund. And we try to invest as early as we possibly can in these businesses. And then we provide them strategic mentorship, advice, and introductions to help their business grow. Fantastic. It's a lot I'm, of fun. I'm literally not smart enough to do something like that. Well, we'd, we'd love to take your money. You know? I mean, I, uh, can, can I just give you my money yeah, just, and you'll make me yeah, rich? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It takes a long time, okay. though. That's the problem. Yeah, it does gotta, take time. It takes time for these businesses to really find their what, footing. What are the three most, I guess, influential real estate websites in the past two years? That have just popped up in the past two years? Yeah, and, and, or not even popped up, but what are the three, like, what are the three Ubers yeah. of, of real estate? So on the residential side, Zillow remains the 800-pound gorilla. They now have really? a $7 billion market cap. Uh, they continue to have a voracious appetite for acquisition. It blows me away. I got to, not to cut you off, it blows me away because Zillow, you know, for me, as, as a residential real estate broker, I look at Zillow. And I'm like, the reason why Zillow is so powerful is because they don't update their data. So when they're like, we have, we have, you know, we have the number one, you know, biggest data company out there. It's like, yeah, because you don't, you know, when, when a house sells, you don't market as sold and get it off your website. You know, it stays on the website for about a year, right? Even though it's sold and it's not even available, right? Um, so for me, I, I look at it that way. Don't get me wrong, Mary Jane and Joe, who live in Nashville, right, are looking at Zillow and they're like, well, well where else do I look for a home? Yeah, right? they're, they, you know, they, they, they have really sort of cornered the market and they're taking business from a lot of the local MLSs as well. Yeah. Um, on the commercial side, the 800-pound gorilla remains CoStar. Yeah. Uh, CoStar has, at this point, a similar size market cap, $6, 7000000000 billion market cap. They still have the greatest uh, collection of commercial data available. Um, and uh, they're still sort of the number one source uh, for data in the commercial sector. Then on the hospitality side, you know, Airbnb is, is the largest uh, hospitality so, tech company in the world, arguably largest uh, hospitality company, period, in the world without owning a single hotel room. Um, so I would say those are the three pretty large. That, then you also have... What about websites like Breather? So Breather uh, is a very interesting company. I was actually uh, the first investor in Breather back in uh, 2012 when they were initially raising capital. Breather dovetails with a, um, a thesis we have, which is the fact that space is fundamentally an inefficient asset, meaning that traditionally in, in commercial real estate, you would sign a 10-year lease, be locked into 10 years in the same space. In residential, you sign typically a one-year lease, right? Um, hotels, you sign typically a one-night lease. One night. I like to think about it like that. So we've always been believers at Metaprop that what was considered obvious in, in hotels, where you're signing a lease for one night, would infiltrate both the residential space as well as the commercial space. Yeah. And all types of real estate, the different use types would blur and everything would become more fluid. So the breather investment was part of that larger thesis about commercial real estate, the 10-year lease no longer working, 
and people working differently and requiring access to space on demand for one hour at a time, one day at a time, whatever it is. And we view it as a win-win for everybody. We think the landlord will make more money. We think the tenant will ultimately spend less money than they would on a traditional 10-year lease. And we think the customer will be much happier. So we're very bullish on Breather. And we're bullish on, frankly, all companies with good management teams who are looking to transform um, lease structures within each division of real estate. Do you think they're ever going to get rid of real estate brokers? No. We don't ever believe that. Here's what we say. I run around town a lot assuring real estate agents and real estate brokers that their job is secure. I believe their job is secure. What I wouldn't say, I wouldn't tell your two daughters to get into your business. Don't tell my two daughters to get into it. I won't tell them anything, but I wouldn't tell them... Yeah, please don't talk to them. (laughs) I wouldn't tell them to get into the agent business. I think what we're looking at is technology over the next... 10 to 15 years will enable agents and brokers to do their job faster, better, cheaper, and will help them. I don't believe the disintermediation disruption thing is really going to happen en masse for potentially 30 some odd years. Now, we all know that the the commercial sector, the retail sector um, is, I I hate saying in trouble, but it's certainly changing at the very least. What do you see as the future of retail? The future, uh, really, the future of retail. What, what, what do you, what do, where do you see that going? So, I'll just put it out there. Unlike everyone else who pontificates, I don't really know, but I have some thoughts about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pretend I can see the future. However, we've experienced a fundamental dislocation in the retail market, where the issue is the traditional dry goods apparel retailer who used to occupy space, whether it's high street or slightly off high street or mall retail, those tenants can no longer afford to pay the rents that landlords require to hit their return targets. So there's so much empty space because of that. Now, I believe there will always be an appetite for brick and mortar for larger companies, larger retailers, who can afford to use their retail location as basically an expensive business card, as an opportunity to do what they as call omnichannel. Yeah. So omnichannel means everyone's shopping, the, the experience between in-shop, brick and mortar, and online is completely integrated, is seamless, it dissolves, and you don't know whether you're shopping online or shopping in the store, it's basically the same thing. For some of these smaller retailers, they don't have the infrastructure or balance sheet to do omnichannel. So what's gonna happen is all of these retail locations where they can't accommodate a large company doing omnichannel or a food and beverage operator are going to have to completely reposition those spaces. I don't know what happens to those spaces. Do they become co-retailing spaces where people share the burden and you have micro stores like you've seen in the food hall space? Yeah. Do they become logistics centers for Amazon who's delivering stuff to everybody through drones and they need more warehousing space? Do they all become bars and restaurants? I don't know. What I can tell you is that the... Or gyms. Or Yeah, that the, 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 the old dry goods retailer that does yeah. not have an omnichannel presence and is just looking to make all their money in brick and mortar, that business is gone. It's gone. Yeah, it is yeah. gone. And, and, and the sooner uh, 
those companies realize it and the sooner landlords realize it and stop chasing it, uh, it will benefit everybody in the market, I think. Look, I think at the end of the day, too, if, if you know one thing, not just, not just real estate, but just the world, right, we adapt. So even though we might be in an in-between stage right now, I think the world will adapt yeah. in, in, in however ways it must. Absolutely, and, and we are investing very heavily right now at Metaprop in companies that use um, natural language processing, artificial intelligence, and sort of uh, deep analytics to help retailers decide where they should be opening as yeah. opposed to sort of slapdash, oh, I saw... 10 people walk by there, so the pedestrian count must be high, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. These retailers are getting super smart, super deep on the analytics, and also on the landlord side, getting super smart and super deep on how they um, market retail space to these retailers. So we're now trying to, we're trying to finance technology companies that are empowering landlords to say, okay, Retailer X, we know you'll be successful here because of these demographic shifts in this neighborhood. Or, and the same to retailers. They can say, we know you will be successful if you open a store here on this on Ashland Place, but not over there on Fort Green Place. Well, I mean, if you notice here, we're at 300 Ashland, right? Brand new building, not even a year old, maybe a year old, something like that. And it's all food. Yeah. You know, we're in a big food court. City Point, same thing, right? So, you know, and Brooklyn is kind of known for food. Yeah. You're going to see uh, so. more and more on the, that's an interesting point on the, um, I talked about blurring the lines between uh, what were considered uh, different uses yeah. back in the old world of real estate. You're now seeing commercial buildings looking to install residential type amenities in their buildings to lure commercial tenants. So, Like what? Give me an example. Uh, gyms, um, concierge services. Food halls like this, so yeah. um, we're. Uh, well, think about it. You've got this, right? You've got this. You want to live upstairs, right? You've got food. Exactly. They might kick us out. It's okay. Think they're gonna kick us out. Probably not. I don't think they're gonna kick us out. Someone just came and. Spoke, I'm pretty well known in this borough. I think they were like, they were kind of like, "What are you guys doing?" You know. I mean. You know, I've lived in this neighborhood for a decade now, yeah, so decade. I got some real street cred. So, yeah, some street yeah. cred. Don't, me yeah, too. I mean, I've lived here a long time. I just, you know, I think, you know, in today's world with all social media and so forth, it does more harm to be a dick than not to be a dick. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it's going to be all over. It's going to be all over. Yeah. The on the internet. So let's talk about uh, millennial partners. Millennium partners. Millennium. Sorry. We have few millennials, but yeah. we're working on that. I know, we're working I know. on getting some Dude, more are the, millennials. And I'm not even really a millennial. I, I identify with uh, the micro generation. We're known as the Jordan Catalano generation. Hey, what's up, man? If you want another drink, just a minute, just in case, all right? Okay, oh, thank you so very much. much. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you so much. Um, the, uh, oh, weird. So, the, uh, so, wait, go, go, tell me about Millennium. So Millennium, we're a large-scale mixed-use development firm. Uh, yeah. The company was founded in 1991 to develop the area uh, around Lincoln Center. Um, we're now celebrating, well, last year we celebrated our 25th anniversary, our Jubilee. Um, we're active in America's key gateway cities. So uh, we are developing most actively now in Boston. Um, Boston? I was just there this weekend. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of 
fun, interesting projects going on up there. Um, but we own real estate in Boston, San Francisco, Los Angeles, DC, Chicago, Miami. Nothing ever in Chicago. Really? That's it's not tight. one of America's gateway cities. It's not technically a gateway city because it's yeah. not on a coast. But I do love it, and I yeah. love the food. And I we we've looked actually at stuff in Chicago. We actually put a bid on. I don't know if you saw, they were selling the Tribune Tower, which is an iconic trophy property, along with the development rights to the parking lot to the side of it. Um, We were outbid, but we did put a bid on uh, that site. Uh, It was won by a local developer. How do you get notified of these major trophy properties? across the country like how do you know the tri- the Tribune Tower is for um, sale so you know you, I'm on the email server for East Hill and Cushman and Wakefield and JLL the investment sales brokers just they just through. push it out yeah comes similar through. way that you guys would push out a hot yeah. apartment that just came up for yeah. sale or lease yeah. you just get it you know yeah you just get it you know yeah. um, you know we don't look we don't have a very active acquisitions uh, department we probably look at I don't know, three to four things a year, and we probably buy one thing every five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're we're slow. Yeah, we're slow to buy because we do really large developments. When you buy, it's a beast. When we buy, it's a beast, and it takes a huge amount of uh, uh, human capital and um, financial capital. What's the the biggest thing you own? What's the what's like the the number one trophy property? The largest development we've ever done is a development we just completed in Boston. It's called Millennium Tower Boston. It's a uh, it's a sixty story um, residential condominium tower with retail yeah. at the base. Connected. Where? Where? Where in uh, it's in downtown Crossing, Boston. Downtown so the Crossing. historic core, the yeah. center of Boston. Yeah. And then we, in connection with that, both. Uh, connection physically and also connection from a deal perspective we renovated uh the old filings uh building Filene's we basement turned, yeah, yeah so we turned yeah, that yeah. into an office building with retail at the base um we're very proud of that project it was actually the last building the great chicago architect daniel burnham uh ever designed his most famous work in new york it would be the Flatiron building um, it was the last thing he ever did yeah. in 1912. Yeah. And so it was, uh, was we, we bought it, we renovated it, we, we um, restored it to its uh, original grandeur. And we also brought retail back uh, to that property. So a company called Primark, which is a very large Irish retailer, they selected the Burnham Building as their first ever United States location. And they're just knocking the cover off the ball at that location in Boston. So we're very, very proud of that project. So how do you now? Where 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 are you bullish for the future? Um, where 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 do you think uh, you know ten years from now? Where where do we stand? Well, I, I can. Um, I'm bullish. So Millennium, we do a very specific type of development, and there are some cities that I am bullish on that probably would not be the best place for a Millennium development. Yeah. So I'll start with those. Um, I'm very bullish on Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think I w- we would ever do a development in Pittsburgh, but if we were a different type of developer who maybe yeah. built uh, multifamily housing or was renovating office Why buildings. Why Pittsburgh? Why Pittsburgh? So Pittsburgh's home to Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Carnegie Mellon is the leading academic institution for self-driving car technology. If you believe in self-driving cars, which you'd have to be Wait, foolish not to. do self-driving cars in Pittsburgh? Yeah, because of Carnegie Mellon. They do, though, right? Like, I'm actually going to Pittsburgh next week. Yeah, they, they have self-driving cars in Pittsburgh. They also have self-driving cars in Boston with a company called so, Autonomy. So if I Uber a car in You Pittsburgh, might get a self-driving get car. A self- yeah. Oh, now, there's there, my understanding of how it works now is there's someone who's still sitting 
in the front seat making sure that everything sure is like okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. but it is self-driving. So because of Carnegie Mellon's academic and intellectual prowess, yeah. here are the companies who have just opened offices in Pittsburgh. Google, Apple, Uber. Now, these employees need a place to work, they need a place to live, they need a place to eat and drink. So if I were more of an entrepreneurial type of developer, yeah. um, I would definitely be looking uh, uh, very intensely at Pittsburgh. And I have friends who bought real estate there recently and are very excited about it. Oh, very, really interesting. Yeah, so I'm very, very bullish on that. Well, it's interesting how Pittsburgh is the first place you said. It, yeah, like that was the first place. Well, I mean, I didn't want to say an obvious thing. I want to sound intelligent yeah. for you. No, yeah. <laughs> it blew me away. Blew but me for away. for Millennium, um, we're very happy uh, staying doing stuff in Boston for the for the near future. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, we found a great niche there. Uh, we have a, a, a great brand there, um, and uh, so yeah, we, we would be happy to just sort of continue to develop in Boston. And you're, so you you live you you live in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn. Yeah, right. You have kids here in Brooklyn. Yes, I have two this two is, wonderful boys. This is your spot. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. I, we just renovated our house actually, uh, yeah. and so I'm definitely not going anywhere for the next at least 25 years. Not going anywhere. So you are stuck. In I'm Brooklyn. stuck. Yeah. You are stuck in Brooklyn. I'm stuck here. Yeah. What's What's your favorite thing about Brooklyn? Oh, it's it, it, it's it's so hard to to sort of single out one thing. What, what I would say, I grew up on the Upper West Side yeah. of Manhattan, and I loved growing up there, and I, I love my experience, but I never had a, I never woke up on a Saturday morning, yeah. went to a farmer's market, and knew everybody there. I wake up with my sons and my wife from Fort Greene, we go out to the park, we go to the farmer's market, we know people, it's a real community. It's a tight-knit community, um, but it's a community with all the amenities, all the benefits of New York City, the greatest city in the world, at your fingertips. Um, just subway stop away for wherever you want to go, but yeah. with a real small town feel. Um, and I don't know of too many other places on planet Earth where you can get something like that. Where you can really get don't. that. Or it's really a big don't. city, but yeah, it's it's really small. Yeah, so that's that's really what I love about about living in Brooklyn and and Fort Greene specifically. I mean, Fort Greene. Um, what I love about Fort Greene is it, it remains uh, dynamic. Um, it continues to be a haven for artists and writers um, and actors and, and creative types. Um, has great restaurants and bars, um, and uh, and the park is a fantastic amenity. So Fort Green Park, Fort Green Park, yeah. Yeah, 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 and we're not far from Prospect yeah, Park. To, yeah, you go to Prospect Park. And we I'm, go to Pro, yeah, we go plenty to Prospect Park. We're about a yeah. mile and ride change the horses from ride the horses. You mean the carousel or the actual horses? The actual horses. I'm allergic to horses, oh, so I haven't. Them. But my sons, my sons love horses. They have not yet uh, rode horses though in Prospect Park. But <laughs> are we, we doing price it out? Are we doing price it out today? Yeah, if you want to. Do we have it? Yeah. Well, we got. I mean, we got. We got to do price it out. So we. So we pick price it out. It's a game we play on the show. Amazing! I can't. So wait. we pick we pick uh, two two properties, and then you got to pick which is most expensive. Oh, okay. Uh, but right. can I guess the actual what the price is though? You could guess. Sure. Make it more complicated. I'm gonna be terrible at this, which is embarrassing because right. I'm supposed to be like a real estate. No, nah, you know what? I don't get them all right. That's either. why when when yeah. I meet people on like airplanes and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" and I say, "I'm in real estate," they say. Well, should I sell my house right now? And I'm like, I have, I don't know. No idea. I don't do that. <laughs> you know, you know what the funny, you know what the funny thing is actually. This is what I say: it's this game's hard because there's a lot of dumb real estate brokers. That's the truth. 
And so you can't take that into effect. You look at this, you're like, oh, this should be five hundred dollars, <laughs> right? And they just miss like a million, right? Yeah. So it happens all the time. Okay. So all right. So I'm here ready. we got fifty-seven Front Street in Dumbo. Okay, Dumbo. Yeah, I'm familiar right, with that. Seven hundred square feet studio. It's a studio. There's your common charges. There's property number one. And this is for sale. This is for sale. Okay. All right. Give it a look. This should be priced at eleven hundred dollars a foot. Eleven hundred a foot. I bet you it's more, but okay. But you, you but you're right. But it, I bet you it's more. Dumbo tends to be. All right, let's say fifteen hundred a foot. There we go. Now we're talking. But I, but I, well, okay. And then and then we got uh, five fifty Vanderbilt, which yes. we all know. That's that's uh, Prospect Heights, right great Prospect neighborhood. Heights. Um, and uh, it's a studio, four hundred fifty square feet. There's your common charges, uh, right there. Four hundred fifty square feet. This I'm going to venture to say feet. this is a thousand a foot. You're gonna say a thousand a foot and fifteen hundred a foot. All right, so let's let's whip it out. Uh, this one does have a garden, and this one has a roof, roof deck. deck. Nice. I, which one do you think is more expensive? So I guess you think this one's definitely more 57 expensive. Fifty-seven front is more even expensive. Though, even I though even though the yeah. the FF and E here is less nice than this one. FF and E furniture, fixtures, equipment. Seriously, right? <laughs> All right, so uh, seven sixty over here. In Prospect Heights, and this one is seven forty nine. Look at that! I'm terrible. Look at that! Look at that! Right? See? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It happens. Good thing I'm not on our sales and marketing team at Millennium, huh? They don't let me anywhere near our sales offices. Look, you know what? When you look at it that way, you know, you want to know. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the. the, the give cheat. me. Yeah, I want to. I want to learn from the master. Look at the common charges. The common charges Low. usually, whenever they're higher, like look, so this one's four seventy seven, yeah, which is which is, and, and the common charges over here were five seventy six. Mm. Usually, the higher common charge is Lower the more expensive. the more, oh, expensive. more expensive. Yeah. All right, so here we go. One sixty one North Fourth in Williamsburg. Yeah. Seven hundred ninety square feet. Yep. Here's Fort Green One Hanson, which is uh, the clock tower. Very building. familiar with One Hanson. Nine hundred thirty seven square feet. Now again, let's look at the common charges. Eight eighty five at One Hanson. Seven sixty over at North Fourth. All right, this one has got to be fourteen hundred bucks a foot. This one's going to be twelve hundred a foot. I'll disagree. I'm going to say twelve hundred a foot over here, and this one I'm going to say thirteen hundred a foot. Okay. That's just my. Aim. Well, I trust you. I mean, you're. But I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing too. One one eight. So I'd say that's about thirteen hundred. That's about twelve. That's about twelve fifty thirteen hundred. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Okay, and then this one, a million fifty. Yeah. So we were right. One Hanson's more expensive. A million fifty seven ninety a foot is uh, twelve hundred a foot. Almost exactly. There we go. We nailed it. Exactly. I will tell you, when um, the Williamsburg Savings Bank building was built, that was the largest clock tower, yeah. largest clock in the country. When it was built. When it was built, yeah. 1929. Today, our deco masterpiece. Fit, isn't it? It's fit. Wow, there you go. I didn't I think even it's know fit. that. Yeah, I think it's fit. You guys would kill it for me. Yeah, I think it's well, fit. I was told fit. It's the fifth largest clock tower in the world. Awesome. 
I'm assuming Big Ben. Well, the, the Colgate tooth, the Colgate toothpaste clock is bigger. Oh, I didn't know there was a clock. Yeah. For the well, if you if you look yeah. across the river into Jersey City, that is yeah. like Jersey City's monument claim to fame. We have the Colgate toothpaste. I never clock. look into Jersey. Yeah, I Brooklyn. Never, never do that. Do, do, I don't, you do you do that, that on a regular basis? Frequently. I frequently look across look the Jersey river and I like, say, oh, gosh, I'm glad I live there. Thank God I live there. here. Thank God I Except live Except that Jersey. Colgate toothpaste clock You're is like, so attractive. That clock is awesome. Makes me... We have another? Is this one the last more. one? Because I'm, I'm one. getting embarrassed. This is the last one. All right. We got 149 Concelia in Williamsburg. Three bed, one bath, 1480 square feet. That's going to be like 1100 a foot. If not a thousand, probably a thousand. It's a duplex. It is a duplex. Okay. I don't like the one bath though. I'd say a thousand a foot. All right, I'll go with you. A thousand a foot. And then six thirteen Baltic Park Slope. This uh, is going to be way sure. more. This is going to be more like. See, look at the common chart. Huge. Look at the common chart. I'm going to venture to a say that a huge outdoor space. I'm going to yeah. venture to say this is sixteen or seventeen hundred a foot. Wow, seventeen hundred. I'm going to punch foot. up. I think this is. I a mean, prize. it's definitely more expensive. This looks to me like a trophy property. All right, let's see. Two one. So it's it's like yeah you're, yeah you're right you're dead on with the square footage numbers. And then that's one one five, not even close. If you if you got this one wrong, you'd feel dumb. You'd feel dumb because it's such a differentiation. Oh, you mean like which one's more? In expensive? price. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm gunning for like actually guessing the price. I'm not you know I'm not like going. I'm going for like the extra Look, credit we're not points. You. Zachary, Zachary, it's called you Zachary like your grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Zachary. Do you want to play ball? Zachary. 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 My grandfather used to drive, so he used to have his head pressed up on the wheel like this. And then he used to, even though his uh, his turning signals functioned totally correctly and fine, he used to make weird signals out the window of his car when he was turning. Or like a bike rider? Like yeah, like, yeah like he was a cyclist. Yeah, and people that. would just like freak out and like no one would drive anywhere near him. They were, and your, your grandfather, he grew up in New York? He grew up in the Bronx. So he grew yeah. up in the Bronx. He grew up on 172nd Street in Jerome Ave. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, he was, he, he's legit. Yeah. Then he went to City College. He would take yeah. the subway to City College. Yeah. And then he, he wound up, unfortunately, in, uh, in Newton, Mass. And he became a Red Newton Sox Mass. fan. Yeah. Dude, dude, and he became a Red Sox fan. Really uh, despicable. God uh, rest his soul. I, I, I love yeah. the man, but it was. That was tough. It was tough. It was tough being the grandson of a of a turncoat. Dude, you're gonna kill me right now. I gotta end the show. We're done. It's terrible. We're over. That was a little weird when the guy. Twenty came more over minutes asking us for beer. It was weird. That was. A little I think weird. he wanted to get on camera. Is that what he wanted? Yeah. He wanted to be on camera. Yeah, yeah, Is that what it was? Yeah, for sure. Weird. All right. Well, dude, thank you for thank coming, you. man. This I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll see you at we'll Shelsky Smoked Fish on oh, Saturday sure morning. we're going to Shelsky yeah. Smoked Fish. Do you go there? Oh, as much as I can. Pete, that's yeah. for you. Pete, I'm going to be walking in there, and I want some smoked fish. I want some smoked fish. Dude, thanks for doing this. And, oh, it's my, uh, my absolute you know, pleasure. Uh, that's it. Everyone, thank thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. And uh, peace. See you ne- No, next week, no show. It's uh, July 4th, so we're out, but uh, we'll be back. Happy birthday, America. And if you miss me, you can email me, whatever you want. Peace. Out. Oh, my God. I got to go to the bathroom. Jesus. Right? That was great. That was fun, that was really right? it's just, dude, it's so fast. Like, it's just like...
that creative. When he shows me like the time, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know? He like shows me the time, like 30 minutes, it's been 30 minutes. I'm like, what? I'm always like, you gotta be kidding me. You know? It's fucking great though. That was weird. Why the guy? Why the guy come over like that? Was he like? Was he like? What are you guys doing? I think it was like a. It was like yeah, a. What are you doing? It was like a passive aggressive way to like. Was it a passive aggressive thing? The first time he came over. I thought he only came over one time, right? Oh, he was just asking if he wanted more drinks. But uh, like he yeah. just he just he's just wondering. like an intense looking person, but he just wanted to know if he wanted refills. That was hilarious. That's why I was like, oh yeah, you should like go over with the menu, maybe. <laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go. All right, I'm gonna go check. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sure. That thing's still going. Oh, cool. No, we're good. Already. I'm good with cutting off the live video. Yeah, yeah, the live video. <laughs> this one I leave running a little longer sometimes, but that one's more important. <laughs> we gotta. Uh... This is the lobby of it? No, this is Gotham. This is the Gotham property. So this is the Gotham market. You can 